0: This is an ABC podcast.
1: Damn, still slaps. <laughs> still good. Yeah, I love it. Damn, damn, down, down. Okay, no, we have to put on our serious faces.
2: This is a big topic. This is a bit
1: more of a serious tone to this episode.
2: Slightly. There'll be light and shade in it still. As but always, it is us. We're here to entertain and educate. Got a bit of a dark humour. Yeah, but yeah, this is a big topic as you would have seen in the episode title... Staying after cheating. But firstly, Dee, has anyone ever cheated on you before?
1: Yeah, it's one of those things where I'm like, I assume so, which is like so untrustworthy of me. But I'm just like there were red flags in my relationships and I just think... I don't know. But it's kind of like that thing if a tree falls in a forest, no one hears it. did the tree even fall? Exactly.
2: I can't say for certain if I have. I'm pretty sure. In that-
1: conclusion, we've probably been cheated on, but if we didn't know about it, it didn't happen. So therefore we haven't been cheated on
2: exactly. <laughs> um, but look, and my next follow-up question is, if someone did cheat on you, found out about it, and then they were super remorseful and they were, you know swearing up and down that they would never do it again, and that they wanted to make things right and they wanted to stay with you. Long term, would you stay if you felt, you know, really strongly back about them? Oh,
1: I've thought about this heaps and I still don't have the answer because it's so circumstantial. But I always think about Esther Perel and what she says about cheating and
2: where cheating comes from. Mm. I think that you'd be like, see you later. You're very much like in that dump him kind of area. Yeah. Whereas I think I'm a bit more like, I don't know, like I get really attached to people and I definitely think I see a little bit more like glass half full potentially compared to you. Okay, no, I've got this. Okay, say it. I think that
1: head D, D who thinks with her head, Mm -hmm. would stay because I'd have Esther Perel in my head being like, you know, there's so many reasons why humans cheat and blah, 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 like logically. But fight or flight heart D would just be like, see you later, Alarm bells, I don't want to get hurt, this is too much, and just absolutely peace out. Yeah, you have big bye bitch energy. Oh, yeah, I peace at the slightest sign of, like, someone doing something wrong.
2: Yeah, we... We know this about you, yeah. But
1: logically, sure. I am like that's not good.
2: <laughs> yeah. So
1: I would, I would want to. Yeah, it depends. It's all circumstantial, though. What, yeah. you, what
2: about you? Um, I don't know. I think I am probably similar to you, where I definitely have a battle of head versus heart. I think, though, I would, if I really wanted to make it work with them, and they and I felt like they were being genuine, I I would probably try. But, you know, like we said, it's very complex and that's what we're going to cover in this episode today. Like, is it possible to bounce back after infidelity? And if you do decide to stay, what does that even look like? Can it even work?
1: I think we should start off by saying that obviously there's lots of different types of cheating and cheating can mean so many different things To so many different people. So, you know, you could be in a monogamous relationship and you're exclusive and it's like emotional, physical cheating, everything. Or it could be like you have set certain boundaries about you can't message certain people or you can't answer flirty DMs or I don't know. There's so many different rules. And, you know, it could look differently for people who are in polyamory relationships or ethical non monogamy. They like might be allowed to physically get with other people, but no emotional stuff. So, Yeah, that's, like, not what we're going to get into. We're not going to get into, like, this is cheating and this isn't cheating because that is so personal and so individualistic to each relationship.
2: So... That's a whole different topic. Yeah. But for Louisa, she experienced what I think most people would commonly think of when they think of cheating, where her partner slept with someone else. And in fact, it actually happened to her twice, which is so shit. The first time it happened, um, it was with this guy she'd been with in a six-year relationship since she was 18. Her partner went away traveling and he came back and then told her about what had happened. And she was actually willing to commit to him. She was like, all right, let's work it out. I want to be with you. Even if it meant like opening up the relationship, but she could tell he wasn't like quite there. He wasn't really ready to jump back into that because he was feeling very lost and confused by the whole thing. So they decided to part ways. Then Louisa got into another relationship down the track and it happened again. And despite being burnt before by, you know, cheating and infidelity and going through that stress of it all over again... She actually stayed. So I'd been in a relationship for probably six or nine months
3: and they were going away traveling. And then I sort of had a a bit of a recall of, oh, last time I had a partner that went traveling, this thing happened. So I said to them, hey, do you want to be like non-monogamous while you're away? Do you want to see other people? You can be open to stuff. And they assured me no, that they did not. And then when he got back, he told me, And it was like Christmas time that uh, he had slept with somebody else. And it was like a drunken accident. And I was just really devastated because I was like, oh my gosh, this has happened to me again. What is this about me that is um, making everyone cheat on me? And then I quite quickly sort of defaulted back to my original, what happened to me last time. When I was like, actually, no, this is not about me. I gave this person an out." before they went away. This is really more of a reflection on something that's going on for them. And so I said, yeah, look, this is not on, especially considering you you know that I've been cheated on in the past and you know what my insecurities around this might be. But I refuse to let this be about me. This is actually about you. So um let's go away. Let's have a think. You can think about what it is that you want to do. But um but basically yeah let's let's not chat over the Christmas period and then we can regroup and see what what this means if you've had any self-reflection and then yeah we did um regroup and he was so grateful for the for the sort of patience and the generosity that i guess i'd given him to to figure out what that said about him and what those behaviors actually meant and what was going on for him and then uh we decided that we'd try again and we stayed together probably for another six months and then broke up for completely un- unrelated reasons. It just sort of fizzled out and it, it wasn't to do with the cheating
2: at all. Yeah, that's so interesting. So, when you both decided you came back after the Christmas and you went, right, let's make this work, and he had had a lot of reflection as well, um, how did you make that work? What kind of goes into making a relationship work after infidelity?
3: Well, I suggested that we start from scratch so we take it as um rather than trying to pick up a relationship from where it left off I said let's you know go on a first date with each other let's um let's kind of come at it with new and green eyes and and stuff like that and and that really helped um later we sort of laughed because we didn't know where to mark an anniversary where what the milestones were given there was like a stop and a start but um I think that attitude of just coming out it fresh and and forgiving and forgetting really, really helped.
2: Did it take a long time to rebuild like that trust and love, especially for you since you'd experienced it before this relationship?
3: I don't think it took that long to rebuild on on my side of things because I really felt like he had done some genuine reflection and had really thought it through and had sat with it and he owned all of it. He just... Completely owned it all and took full responsibility for it. That really helped me just, just not have any doubts moving forward. Whereas, um, when it had happened to me previously, there was not nearly that much of um, taking responsibility um, and just owning up to, to his stuff. And so, yeah, in this in this case, it helped me that they could just be fully mature and and accepting and and could heal themselves for his benefit and for
2: the both of us. Um, sorry to borrow a phrase from Dee Salman. <laughs> sorry. sorry. But Louisa was so mature handling this. Like she told me this story and I was absolutely blown away because she just had the emotional intelligence of someone far greater than I could ever be. <laughs> like, Louisa's
1: like who I want to be. Yeah. That's what I was talking about before with the head and the heart and the like actual Dee Salman, like Louisa's goals, but that's who I like probably think that I am, but I'm just nowhere near someone like her.
2: Also, Louisa loves Esther Perel. So, you know. She's actually learnt from
1: the goddess that is
2: Esther Perel. Exactly.
1: (laughs) But yeah, while Louisa experienced cheating as a sexual, physical thing, like I was saying before, there's so many different types of cheating. There's also emotional cheating. And that's what happened to Emma. While her partner didn't actually get to the point of physically seeing someone
0: behind her back, he went as close to the edge as possible. My partner cheated on me. At first I didn't really consider it cheating, um, but then I was sort of like, no, I guess it is in a way. Um, he was away on a football trip, um, classic, and um, messaged a chick on Tinder um, and asked her to meet up, basically, and... Um, I found out about this when he came home. Found out in a really weird way. Um, It came up on a bank statement of mine that I had paid for something on Tinder. And I was like, what is this? What's going on? Um, Didn't think much of it, just kind of like brushed over it. Um, And then the next night we went for a run together and I I did a dodgy and I checked his phone while he was sort of doing some laps. and he'd messaged his best mate to. He was like, "Oh, mate, can you cover for me? She's found out." Um, yeah, and so turns out they didn't actually end up um, meeting up. This this chick that my partner had um, had messaged, but the fact that he'd even messaged her and instigated that was was a bit of a like, "Not this isn't cool." It was actually not his his not fault, but like his um his doing that they didn't meet up. It was hers. Um so I was always wondering like what would have happened if they had met up. I gave him many chances to like open up to me and share what had happened or like to to basically tell me. Um, and then I ended up telling him to his face that I knew he was lying. Um, and he he opened up and he showed me everything. He showed me all the evidence um, of of like on the app on Tinder. And yeah, he felt obviously felt horrible. But yeah, we basically, um, I just needed some space from there. And so what we did was, um, I was like, "Look, I need some space. I can't, I can't see you. I can't talk to you right now. I need to just process this myself." Um, and he he wrote me a letter, he explained it all, was really um, remorseful and saying, you know, what I had done was wrong. Um, he he, in his letter he had written like you know there's there's no rule book or uh, a handbook to relationships like he realized what he had done was wrong but how do we fix it Um, we were just you know we both you know really love each other and we wanted to make it work despite our actions and you know we both we all understand people make shitty decisions sometimes and obviously this was a shit one but um, was for the wrong intentions and didn't didn't intentionally mean to hurt me and then from there we just sort of I don't know just tried to make it work and like I think there was a bit of like up and down I think it definitely took me a lot to build back up that trust definitely had it in the back of my mind whenever he would go out but I think you both have to be pretty committed to making it work and sometimes that's going to look different for each other as well um yeah, it's, it's not easy, but sometimes it can be worth it depending on, you know, if you're both committed and happy to put in the
2: effort. So Dee, let's talk about the idea of repeat offences because surely the phrase, and you know it, once a cheater, always a cheater, has got to run through your head when you're deciding like, oh, do I love them enough? Do I want to stay with someone or not? Like, is it highly likely that, if you've done it once, you're going to do it again. What do you reckon? I'd probably say yes. I think for me, if it's beyond like, oh, if it's beyond even two times, that's a low number. But even then I'm like, that's, that's enough a, of a Like
1: if we're thinking maths, like that's enough of a like correlation. Is that the word? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like statistically, I'm word. like, that's enough. I mean, like for me, I'm just like, if something happens once and you're like, don't do this again and the person does it again Mm. to me like we've been talking about I scare really easily and that's enough of like a commonality for me to be like this is gonna keep happening alarm bells I it's triggering and I would just leave but also like it's so disrespectful Mm. I just find that really disrespectful if I say to someone that I'm in a relationship with don't do this because of xyz And something is like just basic as cheating. We've agreed to be exclusive. You haven't respected that, whatever. And then they do it again. That's so disrespectful. I don't even
2: think you should have to say don't do this. You know what I mean? Like, do you have to? I've never done that in a relationship. Like, by the way, I would prefer if you didn't.
1: Well, the thing is, there's like so many of these, I guess, like quote unquote rules of relationships are set as things happen. Mm. So when you're starting to date someone, Something will happen and you didn't even realize that it was a boundary for you and it was crossed and you go, hey, by the way, I don't really like it when you share a bed with a girl that isn't me, for example. Actually, you know what?
2: Yes, you're right. That actually has happened to me before.
1: Yeah, me too. And it's like that is a boundary that you don't realize has been crossed. So you bring it up, you tell them, you're like, hey, this doesn't sit well with me. Mm. You let them know. If they do it again, disrespectful, disrespectful. I'm done.
2: Yeah. Actually, no, you're right. And thinking of like the, as those boundaries change and, and move as you go along in a relationship, you've actually just brought up something that I totally forgot about. Um, I have definitely emotionally cheated on somebody. Not like what Emma experienced with her story, but hiding like the relationship from mm. my partner. At I think the time. if you're hiding it, then that says something. Oh, yeah. And you time. also have
1: to think about like, would my partner be upset if they saw these messages? Yeah,
2: that's exactly it. Like if they were in the room, would I be doing this? No. Mm.
1: But then also that's a conversation that you have to have to distinguish those boundaries. Yeah. You know, that you did, that's cheating. Yeah. Oh, my God, wow. I feel like we just, like, went on the hugest tangent and rant and, like, is the pod finished? we even need Jill? Like, are we the experts?
2: <laughs> okay, no, D, don't get carried away. We do need Jill. She's a couples counsellor. She's trained and she's a professional, not like us. And, yeah, I spoke to her about, like, once a cheater, always a cheater. Um, and she's actually not convinced that it's a hard and fast rule.
4: Yeah, that I think that, that depends. If you're with someone who's had a history of cheating, like in multiple relationships, um, there's probably a higher likelihood that they could potentially do that to you too. Um, But I think it just depends on if someone's been able to work on their stuff. If there has been infidelity before and there has been like moments or opportunities to like take accountability, if there's, you know, like feelings of regret, if they've been able to kind of like grow from the experience and lean into the experience, then, you know, it's possible that like they won't do it again.
1: Yeah, so wherever you land on that, I guess you've just got to come to the terms with the fact that if you do stay after the cheating, your relationship will probably never quite be the same as it was. And Jill agrees with this.
4: I don't think you can go back to what you were because you are now a completely different couple. You can get to a new version of us or a new version of our new level of good. Um, That is possible. Absolutely. If If both parties, so I mean the person who cheated and the person who has been cheated on, can put in the work, sit in that really awful space, I think that they they can, but the truth is not everyone can do that.
1: Before you even try this, though, like, you know, go to all that emotional effort, you need to make sure that they're even keen and on the same level as you.
2: Yeah. Like, I think a lot of people will say things in the heat of the moment when they've been caught out cheating and they're going to try and get back with you because they're scared or they're panicked. They've just realized that they've lost the best thing that's ever goddamn happened to them. And they want to talk big talk. Oh, my God.
1: Just like Jack from Love Island.
2: Literally. Okay,
1: Jack's. Obviously, if you're not watching Love Island UK at the moment, you should. Pip and I are obsessed. Um, but yeah, Jax has like done just that. Basically, went to casra Moore, went away from his girl that he was seeing, Paige, basically hooked up with all these girls, and then came back and she was like, nah, bro, that's fucked. Go away from me. You fucked up. We're not together. And then he's like
2: fully crying and being like, I'm sorry. Mm. Jax, a good example of where people just. Jax is an lose
1: example it. of every person ever that has done something like this. I feel like it's such a token thing that you see in people where, like, they'll cheat and then they'll literally cry. And I'm like, how much of this is crocodile tears? Mm. We don't know. Exactly.
2: Yeah, so you need to know how serious are they? And Jill says that you need to let that kind of emotional stage simmer down, wipe the tears away, to a point where both people have uh, slept on it or maybe even grieved at the fact that it happened. But then if you're serious about it and you want to stay together, you need to suss them out with a lot of questions.
4: Is the person that cheated, are they actually even remorseful? Like do they think they even did the wrong thing or not? You know, are they able to take accountability for that? Um, Are they able to withstand um, the experience of their partner who is most likely still, you know, pissed off, angry, um, hurt while they recover as well? I think if you can get to a place of, you know what, like moving forward, we're going to have more openness in our relationship, we're going to have more transparency in our relationship, we're going to talk about what our boundaries are in this relationship, can we both sit with those are the questions that you'd be looking at to see whether you can kind of move on.
1: If you're listening to this right now and you're thinking, I love this person. I think they're genuine in their remorse and they want to make it work. I really, really believe it. And so do I. How do you even go about that? Well, we asked Jill for some practical tips here. And she said, first things first, you've got to set boundaries to whatever you need.
4: If you just need to cut complete ties with whoever you cheated on, like that is the first thing as in, you're not in contact with that person. You're not texting. You're not like none of that. That has to stop. Essentially, that is like the first thing and you have to agree to that and have to be accountable to that. The other thing that I find kind of help in terms of like rebuilding trust, specifically when it comes to boundaries, is being more open. And so just from a practical sense, what that is, is uh, like maybe, you know, if you were in a potentially compromising position and like maybe someone like hit on you or you know, like maybe the person that you cheated with then tried to get in contact with you. It's actually being really open with your partner to say, hey, like just spirit of openness. This is what happened." And then obviously when it comes to deceit, like with cheating, it's closing yourself off and like the secrecy. So it's learning to be open again to your partner. And for some couples as well, after they've been cheated on, like maybe you feel a sense of insecurity or anxiety, like if they're going out, like they're out and like, you know, I don't know what time they're coming home. I don't know who they're with. What if they see someone? So like, you know, all that stuff that happens. And so then, with you know, you might kind of workshop, okay, like if you're going to go out tonight, like I want to know who you're going out with, text me when you're there, text me when you're coming home or if you're thinking you're going to stay out again. And important to say you might have some couples might have like real sexual boundaries as well when they're being intimate too you know maybe and maybe that's like listen but also I'm still just kind of like recovering from what happened like I actually don't think I can be intimate with you
2: so I think it's important as well to make sure that your boundaries and your expectations are like really realistic too right because obviously by all means like you need to set those parameters and rules and make sure that you're both comfortable and feeling secure with each other. Do you want to make sure that you don't hold it over their head, like as a threat or a warning.
1: Ah, totally. I feel like so many people do this. You see it all the time. They'll be like, oh, you're going out tonight? Make sure you don't trip over and
2: land on the dick. Exactly. Naturally, it's going to come up in the conversation if you're going to keep each other in check a little bit. But just don't bring it up all the time like you're weaponizing it, basically. Jill says that she reckons if this is happening, you actually might not be in the right headspace and you might need to chat with your partner A little bit more to find out why exactly they're doing that.
4: If you and your partner have had a conversation post-cheating and, you know, like holding it over your partner, I'd probably be asking, do you feel like you've had all the questions that you needed answered? I would then question whether, I guess, you being like, passive aggressive or maybe aggressive like in terms of like keeping on bringing it up is that kind of serving the relationship moving forward.
1: But that being said you don't have to forgive them straight away or even just once.
2: I want to talk about that actually because forgiveness is such a weird concept because I feel like we get taught how to forgive as children let's say like in kindy when someone like takes your toy and you cry and then they give it back and you forgive them and then like it's never covered ever again, like ever. And there's so many things in relationships apart from cheating that you need to like actually access that emotion and be able to forgive someone. But I'm like, where are the practical tools and education on this? Because I don't know how to properly forgive someone, maybe. Totally. Well, I mean, if your parents haven't taught
1: you, I feel like it all comes down to, I think most relationship stuff and learning comes from your like caretakers. mm. And if they haven't demonstrated on how to do these things that are so
2: fundamental for a healthy relationship, relationship then like where do you learn them I asked Jill about it and she had the most amazing answer and it really like changed my perspective of forgiveness because how do you actually do it with someone when these stakes are so fucking high
4: forgiveness is a choice and I I don't think it's like a once-off to be honest like I don't think it's like a like okay, fine, I forgive you, like, let cool, it's not bad, like, you know, because, cool. like, you will be treated again. Like, that's just the nature of, um, I think, when you've been cheated on, like, it's, um, I think, even if you've been able to, like, work through things, I think it's, like, choosing to say, listen, like, we've done all the hard work, we've had all the conversations, like, I'm just, like, choosing to, like, move forward um, with this person. You don't have to forget it. Um, but I just think you have to decide that this is what you're going to do. And to me, if you ask me just professionally and personally, forgiveness is also giving yourself peace, right? Like I'm going to give myself peace. I was um, hard done by, by, by someone and they broke me and I feel like they broke us, but I just can't keep living like this. And with the decisions that we, we have chosen to move forward, um, I choose
1: peace for myself. Oh, my God. I love hearing that. I, know. I choose peace. I just want to have that playing on repeat every day to me. A as daily like a little affirmation. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> before yeah. Before yeah. I go to sleep, just in my ear being
2: like, I, I choose, choose peace. peace. God, God, I wish it was that easy. I know. You're not just going to be able to go one day and go, I forgive you, and then it's done. And that's something that Emma went through, actually. Like, it took her a whole year to forgive her partner for this.
0: Yeah, I think it probably took me like a year later that I actually had like a realization one day and was like, "You know what? That situation like a year ago, I actually forgive you now." Um so it 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 wasn't a moment just then and there that I was like, "Yeah, no, I forgive you whatever. Let's move on." It was a lot of communicating um our emotions to each other and our feelings and being like, "Hey, nope, I need space right now or I need you." I need your support um, and what that looks like always varies, I think.
1: As you've heard, there's quite a few challenges in store if you decide to stay. It's not impossible, but there is a lot to consider with healing time, boundaries, rebuilding trust, but there is another thing that you should be ready for too. We've got to talk about the pressure you're going to face from the people around you.
2: Yeah, there is so much stigma for someone who decides to stay in a relationship post-cheating. Like, I think we've all been there when we've seen a friend make a bad choice with a relationship and you're just like, why are you doing this? Like, where are your boundaries? Don't you respect yourself more? Um, You know, I wouldn't say this about a friend, but, Mm. you know, like if... Love Island. I would say about Love Island, be like, why are you so desperate? Paige, what are you doing, babe? Like, you're so much better than that. And that kind of stigma you will face when you tell people that you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to stay with so-and-so after everything that happened. And... That's something that Louisa actually dealt with. I found
3: some mates were really not supportive of those um, more compassionate and forgiving approaches that I had. Some people didn't understand that at all. They were really sort of astounded.
2: But yeah, we asked Jill about this and she said, if they ain't paying your bills, pay them no mind. I
3: think for friends and family and for your like
4: network and your tribe or whatever, like obviously... They're coming from a good place. I think sometimes we also just have to be like, you know what, like this is what feels right for me in my relationship. I think be prepared for like, you know, the opinions and the judgments, but they're all going to judge you anyways. Again, I don't think they're coming from a bad place, but I just think you need to be like, you just need to own your own life and your own decisions. And and that's that's just what it is. Before we wrap up,
1: I do want to say as well that, If this isn't for you, then that is okay. Like, do not feel pressure after listening to this episode to be like, oh my God, I need to forgive someone who cheats because that is not the case for everyone. I don't think it would be the case for me. I'm very easily triggered. So like, I don't know if I would come back from this, even though like I've been saying that I wish I could. Uh, And you know, Jill completely agrees. She basically said, you know, cheating is so hurtful. It can really fracture a relationship changes the dynamic completely. So sometimes it is just better to cut ties and move on. For some people actually,
4: it's too hard. Like some people are like, no, I cannot forgive that or I can't, that betrayal was too big for me. And I, I don't think that I can, do you know what I mean? Like move on mm. from that and, and, and that's, you know, like it hurts, but that's okay as well.
2: I don't know about you, but I personally learned a lot from this. I learned so much and I
1: also learned so much from Emma and Louise. So yet again, our Hookup fam, absolutely coming through with some of the best stories, the best advice. So as always, we love you and thank you so much for always DMing us with your, yeah, your stories and situations and experiences. And if you're listening right now and you've got something that you want
2: us to cover. You can DM us. Uh, Why do you? Don't talk over me. (laughs) Now she's lying on the ground. Okay, I'll finish the episode. Um yeah, you can DM us at triple j the hookup on Instagram and you can also email us at No, damn it. You can email us the hookup at abc.net.au.
1: Um, <laughs> PS. Oh yeah, by the way, we're not here next week cuz Pip and I are taking our pussies to splendor. <laughs> no, legit. I'm going to be working full on and Pip's going to be like working the crowd. So, yeah.
2: Um, we're going to be not doing the podcast on Tuesday. But if you're at Splendour, come say hi to us. We're going to be running around chatting to people, mm. um, getting your love stories, your sinful secret Splendour stories. Yeah, keep so. an eye
1: on our Instagram because we'll put some videos up. Yeah, 100%. Go listen to a, a previous episode that you haven't listened to before and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.